Hello and welcome to Dragon's Demise, the podcast about what happens on, around, and behind the tabletop. I'm Jacob, and today I'm not joined by either Greg or Leslie, because we just got back from Origins Game Fair, and our episode today is one that we've been working on beforehand. So, I hope that you guys enjoy our first inaugural episode of Meeple vs. Meeple, in which we pit Sentry Spice Road against Splendor. Live from Washington, D.C., it's not the Stanley Cup playoffs, it's Meeple vs. Meeple! On the right side, we have 12th Century Spice Trading. Led by Jacob, we have Century Spice World. On the left side... Spice Road. Spice Road! On the left side, we have 15th Century Gem Trading. Led by Greg, we have Splendor! Fight! That's right. This is Meeple vs. Meeple. This is the inaugural episode, installment of Meeple vs. Meeple. We're going to have two games with similar something. In this case, it's similar theme, also slightly similar mechanics, but in the future it might just be similar mechanics, might just be similar theme, and we're going to go head-to-head. Jacob's Mm going to represent one, I'm going to represent the other. Our announcer and impartial judge, William, is going to deliver a verdict at the end as to which one is better, and yeah, besides that, Basically, anything goes. You can defend your own game. You can attack your opponent's game. Anything is on the table except for personal attacks. (laughs) For full disclosure, uh, just as the judge, I have played Splendor before, and I do overall have a positive disposition towards it, and I have never played any version of Sentry, whether it's Golem or Spice Road. (laughs) Um, So I am fairly new to that, but as Mm -hmm. they are similar genres, I definitely think I would have a positive disposition towards it as well. Cool. There you go. Thank you for your uh, for your full disclosure. Yes, for sure. Jacob, uh, I cede you the floor. All right. So first up, we have the the wonderful game of Century Spice Roll. <laughs> no, you can't even do it. Look at that. That's how bad Century is. Even the hey, guy who's supporting no, it. No can't personal get attacks. It. That is a personal <laughs> That's attack. That's not a personal attack. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, Century Spice Road and Century Golem Edition, uh, which are essentially the same game with two different skins. We have a game where you are adventuring, going out to find these gems and then trading up and trading down by different people and just being able to create this whole gem economy within the game in order to appease the spice merchants and or the golems. Yeah, I mean, that's a a pretty great summary of what Century is, but at the end of it, you're really, it's just the same thing that you're doing over and over again. You're just buying golems or buying spices as the case may using spices to buy i don't even know what it is in the base game markets i guess with splendor there's a little bit more depth because you've got not just the different tiers which have a very sort of clear beginning middle end if you can't build up towards the the really expensive you know markets golems whatever it is that's going to hit the field early but you've also got this sort of second level thing of the patrons that you're you're earning up for you want to try to get those as well as getting the, the markets and the mines and things like that. You're saying that the game that all you do is take gems from the supply and then get other gems is the more interesting one? Yeah. The one that literally has like one action that you are able to take? No, you can take multiple actions. And specifically, this is actually a very important one. You can reserve holdings in Splendor. You can set something aside so that you can work towards it. You can build a strategy without having it immediately be undercut. And yeah, well, in Sentry, instead, you have a way to pretty much go through and get the 
cards that you need in order to build an engine, in order to be able to actually take more turns. There's so much more strategy in what you're taking into your hand. So the way that it works for the most part is you start with two cards in your hand. You have your one card that gives you two yellow gems and the other card that lets you upgrade two gems from any color up to the next color. And those are just the base. So first off, that already is more interesting because there's an upgrade aspect of, you know, how you're going to do this. And the upgrade doesn't, it doesn't really matter what color gems you are, you're going up one level. So this also introduces a, an actual value for each of the gems and or spices for that matter. If you have a yellow gem or spice at the beginning of the game, you can upgrade that into the next color, which is green. And then after that, go up to blue and then go up to pink. And so the cool part about it is that you don't just have a limiting factor of what kind of gem the card says on the upgrade, because the upgrade is for any gem. So if you have one blue and one yellow, you can upgrade both of them. You can upgrade one to a pink, one to a green. And it makes it a lot more dynamic, especially when you go into the fact where you're starting to buy other cards that let you mess with that. So you now have a card that lets you take a pink gem and turn it into two greens and a yellow and just adds so much more to the game itself as you're going through and building this hand that you're trying to get to a point where you have as few wasted turns as possible. And as you go, every time that you run out of anything in your hand, you are able to take everything back from the table when where you played it. And so you're trying to get this engine where you can just like use that one gem that you get that you just upgrade all the way. And then that fuels down to like more and more gems, more and more things that you're collecting to get these golems and or you know, other targets that you have in Spice Road. Yeah, and I hear that, and I think that's great. I think having a hierarchy of gems or spices or whatever the case may be, I think it's interesting. I think it's a solid mechanic, but I think if you look at Splendor, the simplicity of take some gems, buy some holdings. Take some gems, buy some holdings. One... How repetitive. Oh, no. Yeah, because that's so much less repetitive than playing the same four cards over and over again. Well, I mean, I guess that that's how you tried to play it at one point. You know what? Personal attacks. Hey, I get one when you get one. Uh, touche. <laughs> But no, I think Splendor also, you have to look at it as an engine, not just in what you're taking, but in what you're acquiring. So the one of the biggest, you know, sort of like voids, I guess, in Century is that when you acquire the golems, they're just points. That's it. They're just sinks. They're done. They're static. Whereas when you acquire the holdings, that's going to have a color of a gem. That's going to amplify your ability to make purchases later on. You're, you're comparing the wrong things. Way. You are comparing the wrong things. You are comparing the the holdings to the, the golems, whereas the right, hold the cards to the cards. That seems no, like a reasonable thing the, to compare. It should be the, the you should be comparing the uh, the patrons to the golems because that's much more similar. They are pure points. The actual cards themselves of Century Golem Edition are more comparable to the holdings, and they let you do a lot more than the holdings themselves. The holdings themselves are boring. You buy one, you get an extra gem, you of that color. That's it. That. I know it's part of like the, the whole creating a strategy or creating a, a lot more gems that come out, but also... Yeah, it's investing in infrastructure. That's creating an apparatus within which you're working and it's permanent. It doesn't have to rely on, okay, this is exactly, you know, the sequence of cards that I'm going to play. It's just always, okay, this is the baseline of gems that I have access to. But it's so much less give me flexible. A springboard. Sure, it's so much less flexible, it's... but you can also say that it's so much more universal. 
it's I don't know if I would say that it, it's like, you know, if you have something that that's going for uh, black gems and you don't get a black gem that comes out at all, like, you know, you're a little bit screwed there versus if, if you have first of all, you have more choice in the golems that are coming out in Century Golem Edition because you get them at a much quicker rate. And it's not like you get the um, the patrons in Splendor are pretty much most of the time close to end game because you need a certain number of the actual holdings and so they're they're like an end game kind of thing versus the golems themselves which is like something that you're you almost have to keep dynamically building for the different golems that you want to get because you have more of them coming out you have each of them has a different need for the different gems so you have to be able to be flexible it makes the game a lot more dynamic and a lot more interesting See, actually, that seems like a detriment, and based on some of the stuff that you've said in the past about other games, I think you would normally think of that as a detriment, too, thinking about terraforming Mars. You've said publicly that nothing is more frustrating than building a strategy, having it change midway through the game, having to bail out of that strategy, and I think that's exactly what Century is, if you end up with sort of the wrong types of cards in your hand, having to go for golems that you weren't expecting that you haven't been able to fit into your engine. Also, I do want to quick point out if, okay, we're going to take you at face value if we're going to compare golems to patrons instead of golems to holdings, patrons are still more interesting. How so? <laughs> I mean, have you seen the golems? Okay. Visually, yes, golems are friends, golems are excellent, and Suleiman with his onion hat cannot compare with a golem who is intrigued by the existence of cows. I will grant you all of this. But mechanically, if you're taking patrons as sort of this mechanic and looking at it in terms of long term. It's a big investment to claim those patrons. You mentioned that they're all late game. But but yeah, no, it, patrons are, are something that you're going to have to build towards, that everyone is going to have to build towards. They're known quantities, they're static. And so everybody's running the same race, I feel like, is a way to look at patrons. Everybody's wanting to get to those, or they're making a conscious decision not to get to those. Or they're brings... the unlucky ones who go last and don't get the gems that they need and therefore get sniped out of the patrons themselves. Right, but that just means you know from the get-go, all right, a better strategy for me is going to be to focus on valuable holdings. They're going to go in a completely different way. It leads to a diversity of strategies as opposed to Sentry, which is just race to race to race to race to get the golems. There is, but at the same time, there are more and more dynamic golems at that point. So uh, if your strategy is is based on getting more low-level gems, there are always going to be golems out there that have that. I mean, are and, there, though? Uh, there are five golems out at a time, and they get used pretty quickly, and there's a lot of turnover. Therefore, you're very likely to get a golem that matches quite well with the strategy that you're going for. Of course, there are some that are going to be value, more valuable than others, but you can also go for the two different strategies there. Whereas in Splendor, you're talking about like whether or not you're going for the patrons or the holdings. In the Golem edition, you can go for either quantity or quality of the Golems. You can go for the ones that cost a lot of really valuable gems, which give you a lot of points, but are a decent amount of investment. Or you could go for the ones that have the uh, large number of lower quality gems, which you can go a lot quicker and get a lot more of those since the lower quality gems are a lot more easy to get. Oh, it looks like the, the judge wants to hop in here. So uh, just as a clarifying question, yes. because I've never played Century. Yep. So in Splendor, you have different tiers of mm -hmm. gems. You have got your first tier, which is easy to get, your second tier, which is yep. sort of mid-game, your late game, usually, mm -hmm. if you even get one of them. In a Century, do you just have one flat row? Are there no yes. tiers to... Okay, so you could have a very late game golem come out in the first draw. So in Golem, it's not really, there isn't really that much of a 
early game versus late game in terms of the golem scoring themselves. Uh, what it is, is a lot of it is uh, how much time and effort you will put in versus also how much you will be able to do otherwise. So it's like if a golem that has a lot of pink gems, which are the most valuable, comes out early game, you still have the exact tools that you need to get to pink gems. You can get that in early game. That's true. But it will take a lot more investment. If it comes out late game, you already probably have an engine, but at the same time, your engine might not be suited for pink gems or you know blue gems. And the other cool part about Golem is that there are strategies that actually target each type of gem for that matter. You can have like a low level gem strategy or a high level gem strategy, but you can have one that like is just really good at giving you blue gems. And then like, you know, going from there and also you are able to acquire different uh, sources of gems as well throughout the uh, throughout the game. And as you do, that can open up a whole different avenue of how you're going to do it. And you have all these cards that that are pretty much actions that let you change how you use your gems every single time you play them. So you might have an upgrade kind of gem or like this one trader who is buying like a pink gem that's going to give you two yellows, a green and a blue or something along those lines. And it just lets you use the gems in a lot of different, a lot more interesting ways than just taking gems, putting them on your side and then using those same gems to to buy stuff. It's a, it's a lot more dynamic. Yeah, it's a lot more dynamic in that way. But also I'd like to go back to a point that I brought up earlier, which is reservations and using the writs. So this is a very powerful thing in Splendor that doesn't have an analog in Century at all. You can set aside a holding that you are going to acquire later, or at the very least, you're going to deny to anyone else and in so doing, you get a gem that is universal, essentially. It's just, I'm going to redeem this for whatever it is that I want. You get a cross-cutting thing that can really enable other strategies. But also, I think this really indicates both with the, the reservation thing and, and in terms of you know having to make choices about what is or is more or less valuable. Splendor is something that I think does a much better job than Sentry of placing pressure on the players. And I know this is actually something that you don't like, and that's fine. But when you have such a scarcity you know in a two-player game you're dealing with what i think it's five gems of each color maybe four you've got a very narrow band of stuff that you're able to work with that puts a lot of pressure on you to make efficient decisions so you're trying to create something that is effective you're trying to get off the ground and make sure that you're investing again in that infrastructure in that engine that's going to be permanently out on the board in order to overcome that scarcity plus it raises the level of player interaction by being able to deny your opponent access to certain things. Even by being able to whittle the stack down low enough that they can't take two off the same stack, you can affect what they're doing in a much greater way than Sentry ever allows. Well, if you're talking about scarcity, I think that a Sentry definitely does a better job of creating a scarcity than Splendor. Really? Yes, because you have ways of getting other gems, but for the most part, you start with one card, and there are only, I think, another three or four cards in the deck, in the entire deck, that allow you to take gems from the reserve. Sure, but there Purely. are also cards that create gems out of nothing. No, there aren't. All of them are, at that point, they're only traded. You have to use one of your gems to trade for other gems. What I mean and to say is that there are cards that allow you to trade two gems to get four gems. Exactly. But at the same time, there are also cards that force you to trade two gems for one. So it, it goes both ways. But in terms of scarcity, in terms of when you are able to purely put a card down and get one from the reserve, it's very rare to be able to do that, especially for any, any gem above yellow. There's only, I think, like one card that lets you get uh, a blue and a pink and like one card that gets lets you get like one pink 
And I think there might be a card that lets you get one single blue. So there is a lot of scarcity there in general. And, and that's the cool part is that you have to learn how to make your investments and your upgrades in order to get the gems that you want by trading with other like merchants and things like that in order to get the gems that you need. So you need to maybe upgrade these two gems that will then allow you to trade for these other ones that, that then allow you to use another third or fourth card, which is just so much more interesting because it's a like hand building exercise where you have like all these different cards in your hands and uh, and you're thinking about how you can use them how you can combine them how you can create this like engine that will let you get this golem or this one golem and to me i think that that is a lot more interesting and a lot more just fun in terms of what your cards and what your hand can do versus just the routine of Oh, should I take one gem from two different piles or should I take two gems from one pile? Or maybe I can reserve a card and take uh, and take the the wild. In general, I think that that itself, like those are the three actions that you can do in Splendor pretty much or buy something. That's all. That's all you got. Sure. But if you want to talk about things that you're able to do in a single turn, I think Splendor is way more satisfying from that regard because if you think about Century, sure, you've got this entire hand full of new actions, stuff that you've acquired over the game. You have infinite permutations of orders in which you can play cards. But in Splendor, yeah, you've got the same core actions, but you think about it. Turn one, what are you able to do? You're not even able to buy a regular mine. Turn, I don't know how long a game lasts, it's been a while. Turn 20, turn 25, whatever it is, bam. In that single action, you can acquire something that was so far out of reach that you couldn't even dream of getting it. You can get entire ownership over a market on- By doing the exact same actions that you did at the very beginning. Yeah, but how much more satisfying is it to be able to Not utilize? Not at all. Uh, <laughs> that's a value judgment, my friend. If you don't enjoy that, then I can't do anything for you. I think in general, that's that's just boring because it's, it's just what it is 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 the uh, better magic stick, I believe, or something like that that you call this in D and D, where it's just like, oh, this thing, it's it's the same, just better. And how is that different from upgrading a green gem to a pink gem? Well, that's the thing. You that's you very rarely just get to upgrade. You what you do is you trade and you get you, you use your two yellow gems to get a blue gem or something like that and, and a trade and you have to like really think about you know how how the numbers go and how that works because you know you could get something all the way up to for example a pink gem and now you have a choice of you know maybe do I want to use this for the golem that I almost have set up there or do I want to use this pink gem to then set me up later on by getting two greens and a yellow gem that I can then trade up for something else. So you have a lot more going on, a lot more interesting interactions with your gems and the cards that you have in hand. And you have a lot more interesting thought patterns in that, like, you know, the more that you get and, and the things that come out also, the way that you acquire all of these actions that you can do is you have a row of actions on the bottom that the first action is free. You can just take it if you want it. And this is an action that you can do instead of using one of your in-hand actions. But if you want any of the ones further down, you have to like sacrifice some of your gems by placing them on the, on the actual cards. And then up to the one that you want, then you take that one. So you also have this other interesting aspect of you can place these gems, but then you know your opponent might really use those to their advantage. So you have to weigh that as well. There's a lot just going on there in terms of how you weigh like which actions which merchants that you want are 
the most valuable and how much value they have for you and when to get them, when to put them in your hand, when to put them in your in circulation. So in general, I think that that is a much more interesting exercise than using the same actions themselves to just get upgraded versions of the things that you started with. I mean, see, you say interesting, I hear tedious. To me, that's just working through the same things over and over again and trying to figure out, oh, okay, yeah, how can I but it's not squeeze the same a things. little bit of extra out of this particular card that if I've You're talking about the same in. things. You're talking about the ones that you have. Like, they're literally, like, all it is is, like, if you get to tier three gems, you're still getting gems that are the same and <laughs> just worth a little bit more. And how is that different from golems? Because what you're doing is you're getting all these different, you're getting more actions. You're not getting more gems. Your actions, so I guess the fundamental difference is that golem has more different kinds of actions that you can do. Whereas splendor is just building a, an inventory that it's building you, capacity. It's building, it's building an inventory. It's increasing of like, the. It's increasing your capabilities to do things with those limited actions. It's coming it, from a different place. It, it's, it's allowing you from, to buy more things by having the things. So, so pretty much like what you're doing is you know, you're using the gems that you have before to buy more gems. Whereas in Golem, you're you're being able to like interact with the different actions which allow you to convert the gems into different things and just like build upon it rather than just like having a static kind of like oh i now have this many gems okay i guess i could buy this or oh, okay something. so century is just splendor with more steps century is splendor but more interesting it just has a lot more that you can do which makes it a lot more interesting versus the sameness of every single turn of every single round in splendor i mean I could see your argument there, but again, I'm just keep coming back to that's just more steps. That's just more tedium as opposed to, you know, splendor, which is just building your capacity and increasing In the a very satisfaction. Way. <laughs> yeah. Increasing the satisfaction that you get when, you know, you're finally able to acquire Yeah, you know, my stick is plus one instead of plus two. There's nothing in century that you can't acquire from your opening hand. Nothing at all. It just depends on the time investment that yeah, you want to put exactly. in. Exactly. It depends on how much time you want to invest. Which is a which, strategy. And to me, Investing 17 turns so that I can acquire one golem is no more satisfying. In fact, it's less satisfying than spending turns doing, sure, the same action in order to increase my capacity so that that action can then later get me something that was previously out Well, of that's exactly what you can do and even better in an century golem by investing in the actual markets and in the, in the actual spice merchants. And that's literally what that is, is that you are using your gems and using your turns in order to invest in a hand of merchants that are going to be able to help you and create a very dynamic strategy rather than Oh, I have another gem. Uh, sure, I guess like this. Uh, this one has the exact number that I need. Yeah, it's it's a lot. You're thinking a bit further ahead, I think, in Century, uh, because you have to do the whole trade up, trade down, and like sometimes even like just the value traded sideways kind of thing because of the way that uh, the merchants work themselves. And you know, you could have two different merchants that that both cost the same amount, meaning like one blue gem or something like that, but give you two completely different uh, outcomes. And you have to decide which one of those you want to take, which one of those you want to use, because they just, they have very different uses. And your goal, since your goals are changing, and it's more dynamic in that way. They just do it. Uh, you 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 have a bigger chance of like being able to choose what you want to do. It also sounds like you could pretty easily have it all fall apart and not be able to get any of the stuff that you need. I mean, the same thing for Splendor. Touche. You can't deny though, Splendor has kick-ass art. 
I can't deny that, especially in comparison to Golem. I mean, again, the Golem oh, carrying yeah. the little cows. All right, we'll call that one a draw. I mean, you have pictures of gems on poker chips. Are you really about to do this right now? Yeah. Are you really about to come up against the absolute gorgeous renderings of the mines and of the markets? Yes. 100 percent okay i i think that based on like the components especially of century golem edition i do think that splendor probably would have it against century spice road in terms of the components alone but in terms of the artwork century golem edition blows splendor out of the water 100 percent now now that's a draw that's a hard no, draw it is hard not a draw at all well here's my question then yes are we making this uh, judgment on Century Golem, or are we making the judgment on Century Spice Road? So, in my point of view, I think that both games should be uh, looked at because uh, they are literally the same game. They the only reason the only difference between the two of them is a skin, and I personally, the reason that I bought Century Golem Edition is because I like that theme more. I don't really have anything I could say to that. I mean. Except for the fact that if you had to create a game and then had to release a different game that was just the same game with a different skin, then maybe you designed the wrong game in the first place. Well, it was it was supposed to be a, um, a promo edition that everyone loved so much that they decided to do a full release of it. Just seems like not knowing your audience. Go, going on the fact that both of them have been best bestsellers, I think that they knew their audience pretty well. Especially for a first game of a company that ever made any kind of games. Um, to be nominated for Spiel, quite good. Alrighty, well, um, I think that we've both argued a decent amount. Uh, yeah, let's, I'm a little argued out. Let's go see, uh, does our judge have any uh, final questions for the uh, two arguees? Not particularly. I do think, and even though I haven't played uh, Century before, I think that I've gotten a good grasp of a lot of the core mechanics around it, enough that I could... Uh, be willing to raise judgment on it okay i will say as a history major who, <laughs> uh part history major uh i will say i do appreciate a lot of the art and sort of 15th 16th century artistic style to it um being able to recognize historical figures that kind of stuff is cool for me mm-hmm. um and i'm just perhaps i am slightly more partial towards that art style than towards the sort of near and far beautiful but not exactly up my alley kind of art whimsical yeah yeah looking towards the mechanics of each it definitely i'm convinced through this that uh century is a slightly more complex game than splendor that isn't to say splendor has its own strategy and i think one of the things that makes it special in its own way is because at least from what i heard in these arguments splendor is a lot more competitive and thinking what your opponent's going to do and how to attempt to block them then century which is more designed around building your own economy system up Um, at least that's what i got uh, from the arguments that you presented i would say that at the end of this how if i had never played either of them i would lean a bit more towards century just because i am interested in the idea of building economy it seems to me almost like a nice hybrid of sort of something like dominion where you're progressively building up uh, and doing stuff, whereas Splendor is does suffer a bit from repetitiveness um, as it goes on. That being said, Splendor is a fantastic party game for people who, who are either up for something a little bit lighter or just not as used to board games. 
I feel like the gem upgrade concept might take a little bit longer to explain to people who aren't a familiar board game crowd, whereas Splendor, it's very simple. You accrue these amount of gems, you are able to purchase this, um, you get to that point. But that being said, I would have to render in this judgment that I think Century is the better, more complete game that ah. has more talent or has more emphasis on it. I Victory. still love Splendor and I would... I, it's not that I dislike either of these games and especially your explanations of both, I think, um, can't speak for Century, but speaking for Splendor did give it justice uh, for everything um, well, that it has to bring to it. But I would definitely lean a bit towards Century in this regard. All right. Well, there you go. At the end of our first ever Meeple versus Meeple Century Spice Golem, Century Sp- Spice Golem Century Road, Road Edition uh, <laughs> emerges as the victor over Splendor. There this we is, go. Uh, this has been a new format. So we hope you enjoyed. I. Uh, it was kind of fun to go yeah. head to head. Thank you very much, William, for being our judge. Mm-hmm. We'll have to. Uh, we'll have to play Century sometime. Yeah. You can actually yeah. sink your teeth into both. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank you to my my competitor. Jacob. Yeah, only two personal attacks between us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, not too bad, not too shabby. And uh, hopefully you enjoyed this. You know, if you like the new format, definitely let us know. You know, we're we're always thinking about doing this. We might do In the Name of Odin versus Raiders of the North Sea. Jacob has like 80 gajillion train games that we could do. <laughs> you know, we were talking about doing uh, Battle of the Deck Builders, Mystic Veil vale versus maybe Dominion, maybe Ascension. If you've got ideas for, you know, two two games of similar themes, similar mechanics that you want to see go head to head, leave them in the comments. William? In the next month or two, perhaps. Campaign one of Pandemic versus Campaign two. Spoiler heavy, but I okay. like it. That would be a very good. Uh, which yeah. one did we like better? Yeah. Maybe as a third party candidate, we could have the original Pandemic. On its own. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. If we could get a third person, yeah, yeah, we could have a round robin. Yeah, totally. Right. Well, there you go. As I said, that's the new Maple versus Meeple uh, format segment, and hopefully you enjoyed. And we will see you next week when we review Zaya Legends of a Drift System. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Dragon's Demise. We hope that you enjoyed it. As I mentioned at the beginning, we just got back from Origins Game Fair. So we have a recap episode that is going to be coming out next week instead of the Zaya episode. So we hope that you enjoy that. The Zaya episode is going to be coming out later on. It is already recorded and is ready to go. Also, At Origins, we got a chance to talk to a lot of you, which was a lot of fun. And we also have some really, really cool interviews that are coming out. So be sure to tune in to those in the coming days.